previously on Tales of Asperon. Tedward, and in the distance you saw these blips of light appearing over the water, slowly making, kind of making their way to the boat where you guys are. I previously had kind of got a glimpse of these before, right? When I was on the rooftop? You saw one off in the distance real far away on the lake. Um, right as you heard those creepy whispers. Probably should have mentioned that to somebody. Tedward's gonna rush down below decks. Right at the foot, you see um, Alea and Thurbash kind of slumped down on the floor, um, on the floor next to the Mark Dreamers chats, and you see an orb hovering over each of them. Um, and your eyes open and you wake up and you feel the blanket, the weight of it on your body. You can feel its comfort, like the soothing comfort of the bed. And you look over and you see Alea and Thurbash and the three of you are sitting inside the deck of what looks to be a spectral boat. And if you remember, you've been here before. Not yeah. in this particular place, but in the Whiteleaf Wood. Yeah. When you, when you investigated the spectral ruins of that town. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. If you're new to the show, we're an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's light on rules and high on storytelling. Now, what does that mean? Well, to keep it simple, we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Ever. It's all improvisational. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? <laughs> Maybe you suplex a ghost. Roll low? Maybe you forget something that defines who you are. I wonder what will happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. So to pick up where we left off, three of you took a big, healthy dose of this dreamer's drought tea that Alea had made on within the hull of Constance's little blue ship floating on the Whispering Lake. Meanwhile, while you all drifted off into this strange kind of pseudo dream realm, Tedward, along with Rose Lieblin, stayed on the deck of the ship to kind of protect you all while you were sleeping, just in case anything went wrong. Now, things went wrong. Um, very quickly, seven spirits had flown in kind of on the water of the lake and started to assail all of you while you were asleep in this dream realm. And while Tedward is battling these spirits with Rose mere feet from your bodies, we're going to cut into the three of you standing on the blue spectral kind of ethereal docks of Whispering Lake, except... We're deep within the droves of the realm of dream. So right now, the three of you are standing at the very, very end of the docks of this district of Whispering Lake. Ahead of you is a spectral town where all the buildings are writhing with this kind of blue, glowing, fiery light. 
what would you like to do? Um, didn't we say that we were going to go check out the place where the guy's body was found? Yeah. I do have a question. Are our materials on us? Do we have our bags and things? Or is it just us? Um, so you look down, standing at the edge of this dock, um, and you do see that whatever form of you has come with you, it looks like you have all your belongings, at least from what you can tell. You can investigate your stuff if you'd like. Uh, I'd like to open up my pack and just take a little rifle. Okay. Um, what would Thurbash have in his pack? I'm particularly interested in finding my sword, if it's still in there. Um, you reach into your bag and produce the sword that you carry with you. Except here, this isn't a wooden, gnarled, bark sword like you're used to. It's comprised of this spectral, kind of writhing, flame-like energy that you see is creating everything around you. And in a closer inspection, you notice that your clothes, your boots... The, the wood on the ground at your feet is all comprised of this stuff. Interesting. This kind of like writhing spectral energy. And when you put your hand on the sword, how does Thurbash feel about that blade? He would be a little hesitant to it, but he knows that it's from his from Big Daddy, his god. He really likes it and it knows to trust it or has an instinct to trust it. Okay, so when you touch the hilt, like the handle of the blade and produce it from your bag, you feel kind of crawl up your arm, this sense of warmth and protection, and then a little bit of fear mixed with chaos. And that kind of makes you think of the battle with the dragon in Whiteleaf Wood. It seems like just upon holding this sword here, it contains your thoughts, your feelings about it. Just physically touching it reverberates that back onto you. That's new. What? Weird. Oh, uh, my, I don't even know how to explain this. Previous thoughts are in the sword? What? Yeah. And you guys look and see Thurbash's blade is this kind of spectral blue and purple sword. It looks kind of like the version that he has, you know, on the material realm, but it kind of writhes and kind of undulates with this energy that you see everywhere else. Okay, when did you get that? Um... I've always had it. <laughs> as far as you know. I'm sure that's why I'm asking. Yep, I just don't like bringing it out. It's kind of like uh, a personal effect. Can I hold it? No. Oh. I can, you can look at it. No. I'll, I'll walk over and I'll just kind of like show it to him, but I'll always keep one of my hands on it. Well, he's absolutely going to reach out to touch it. Okay. Absolutely. Um, as your finger touches the blade, you feel a very quick but powerful emotion wash over you. You feel pride and then fear and then chaos and then a little bit of comfort, like hope. Like your body, your mind rolls through all of those emotions immediately. Yep. Like I said, hasn't done that before. That's yeah. new. Uh, DM, how dark is it in the area around us? Well, first roll me a perception check. Um, what I will give you immediately is that you can see to a distance of maybe about 60 feet before it looks like you're just kind of peering into a dark fog. Like things around you are illuminated, but not very far. And with a seven? You don't see anything unusual other than that everything is made of this kind of writhing spectral energy. Well, let's go take a look at the body, I guess. 
Alea and Haley, what are you two doing right now? Haley's marveling at this sword. Hmm. Um, Alea's probably looking up into any trees around for some green dragons or <laughs> any <laughs> um, familiar faces. <laughs> so roll me a perception check. Um, nine. Um, you don't see much. Looking around again, you can only see sixty feet ish before things start to fade away to darkness. You do notice one thing that's strange is that where you would normally see water on the lake, it just looks like solid, almost like mud. It's thick and it's murky. And when you look at it, you get this feeling of uncertainty that just kind of takes over your mind for a second. Can I touch it? Yeah. Um, you reach down to, um, just over the edge of the dock and poke what looks to be a solid surface. And it slowly parts around you like you're pushing your hand into jello. Um, and as your hand goes in, you just feel this intense, overwhelming feeling of like cold and danger and just uncertainty. Uh, I'm going to, to, to not stop. I'm going to stop touching it and uh, okay. um, relay to the group that the water is uh, not a friendly place. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like sticking your hand into fear. <laughs> cool. No more swimming. I was good at it originally, anyways. But even more, no swimming. Um. Okay. Shall we go look for the other location? How far is the other location? Um. It's probably about a five-minute like jog down the road. Right. Because you guys are at the foot of the docks on the main thoroughfare of like the dockside district. That's directly facing the lake. Um, where you were before is just at the other end of the town. Did we investigate the boat? Um, the well, you were world? in the boat. Um, the boat itself was made of this kind of same writhing spectral energy, but nothing in the boat fell to miss. Okay. Yeah, I'm game. All right. Lead the way. Okay. Let's go find a body. Um, you start to walk down the docks and you weave your way, probably keeping a little closer to the buildings just so you can keep an idea of where you are because of how short your sight range is. Um, and you pass by spectral forms of buildings that you kind of remember seeing in town. And as this is happening, Thurbash, you just hear yes. for a brief moment. Can I have a wisdom save? Oh no! That's horrifying. Oh, oh this is not going to be good. Oh, okay. It's not that bad. Uh, 18. Oh, plus two. Not, uh, sorry. So a 19, not an 18. Okay. Um, as this happens, you feel something cold wash over your whole body. And you watch as this thread of light starts to pull from your chest and just kind of weave into the air in front of you. And you kind of look and follow it and you see the trail is leading back to the boat. And you kind of panic and your breath starts to get faster and faster. What's an unpleasant memory that Thurbash has? Already thought of one. Don't even need to continue with that one. Uh, Well, let's just say it's the fire. Not good at all. (laughs) Well, what about, like, what, describe this memory to us. So one of the more horrid memories that uh, Thurbash has from his past was there was a fire. And in his colony, all homes are underneath the roots of trees. So this fire uh, basically consumed his neighbor's home and their family. 
and nobody in the colony could do anything except wait for it to go out, basically, as they burned alive. It's really dark. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, and then just okay. to, uh, sorry, what, one more important thing is then Thurbash was elected to be the person to clean it up. So, holy crap. So, to tell you why I made you roll a save, passing or failing determine the nature of this memory. Because as you're looking down at it, this thread, you feel something cold pull on the, like, on your body. And then you hear that whispering again. And that bad, terrible memory is just gone. You're like thinking about it. And as you're looking at the thread, that memory of that fire is in your brain. And you watch it start to unravel and your vision goes to white for a moment. And then you blink and everything around you is fine. Like you're back in this spectral place, almost as if nothing happened. You kind of feel like you just lost something. We we were going to see the body, right? Yep. Okay, let's yeah, go see the thought? body. I, I don't know. Uh, it'll come to me. And for the listeners, as a recap, as this happens, we cut to the inside of the boat. And Tedward is standing at the bottom of the staircase leading into the personal chambers where the party is now asleep. And we watch as one of these white spirit orbs will remind you as it sinks down into Thurbash's chest while he's asleep and lifts up out of his body and pulls a white kind of golden thread with it. And then we cut back to the three of you walking down the docks. Um, After a good walk, you kind of make your way to the spot that seems pretty familiar to where you were before. What would you like to do then now you're here? What did we do the first time we were around the area? Well, the the body was underneath this the the dock um are we standing above the spot or are we just standing on the dock you're standing well on the dock but technically above the spot because where the body was found was underneath the docks ahead of you you see this kind of thick murky looking mud that just stretches out in the distance of the lake in your memory you know that that's probably where the water was I was going to walk to the edge of the dock and like lay down and put my head underneath. Okay. Um, so when you craned your head under, roll me a perception check. Okie doke. That is a 21. Okay. First thing that catches your attention immediately is that when you grab onto the dock, do you feel this sense of kind of security? wash over you just because you're touching the dock itself and a little bit of pride in maybe the craftsmanship and you look underneath and you notice that the rock face around where those ethereal lilies were and all of the wood at the bottom is just not comprised of this spectral flame like everything else is and upon closer inspection right where your hands are looking you see a clear, distinct mark where all this ethereal flame is just gone. And it's reminiscent of like a claw tearing across the wall. Uh, um, well, the body's not there, or at least not in the... It's not there, but there's claw marks. Alec, come here and take a look at this. Ah. Oh, okay. 
You, you too, Haley. I just, I can't describe it. Can I investigate it? Yeah, you roll me an investigation check, but with a quick glance, both of you look underneath and see the same thing. It almost looks like if the bottom underneath the dock and all this rock is just not made of spectral flame. It looks like it did when you were there. Hmm. Um, wow, I don't even, I don't even know what to... You set up perception check or investigation? Investigation. 11. Okay. With a quick poke just to the section of the wood where the, it's not comprised of ethereal flame, you touch it and then expect the same kind of emotional like feedback you got from everything else you've touched here. And there's just nothing. It feels like regular old wood. There's no emotion. There's nothing in it. As if it was like it never had it in the first place. Hmm. What are you doing behind them, Haley? Haley's just kind of looking out, making sure nothing is coming. I've heard that there's like claw marks or something around. Mm -hmm. Roll me a perception check. Perception is a whole nine. Okay. Um, thankfully, in this place, you don't notice it at first, and maybe you didn't notice it on your walk up. But looking around, you notice right up against the closest building to you, you can see a strip of it that's not made of this ethereal flame. And you kind of like turn your head and look, and it's like kind of like a claw or a scrape or something was dragged down the side of it leading away from you further into town. You guys see that? Um, well, that's awkward. Or not awkward. That's odd. Uh, should we follow it? I mean, it's all we have to go on right now, right? I guess. This is starting to get very strange, though. Um, can I get a perception check from the group? 19. Uh, you can announce yours first, Alaya. 19! Four. Oh. <laughs> um, so Thurbash is just deeply unsettled. Um, you're looking around nervously, and it just emotion is washing over you. You're starting to notice the feeling of um, what's a good word for this? Uncertainty and like repetition that kind of reverberates from the um, the cobbled stones at your feet and the wood of the docks. It's just kind of numbing you, and your senses are a little dulled. Almost in tandem, Alea and Hele, you walk over to this claw mark and then you look up the building, like down the row of houses and shops. And you see another claw mark about 30 feet away, another drag across the building. And further, a little bit further down, just at the edge of your site, you see another one. I'm going to follow the group. So it's up to the group as to... I mean, I would like to follow, but... Yep. All right, we're following. <laughs> the whole time, Leia is just going, this is another freaking dragon. <laughs> Haley, continue with the group. Okay, um, so Haley kind of leading the charge, because you seem the least nervous about this creepy, spooky place. You go further down the street, another building. You keep seeing these tears. Some of them are on the ground. Some of them are on the wall of like the houses and buildings. But it looks like... Whatever this is, is kind of tearing away the flame, the energy that makes up everything here. And you follow it down to a side street. And looking up, there is a street called Amon Lane. And when you look at it, you see that the claw marks continue down the road further into town. What do you do? Do we feel like we're getting closer to anything? Or do you feel like this is uh, 
like long something that happened a while ago. Um, roll me a let's call this an insight check. Cool, more wisdom. I can do that. Or not, I got a four. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't exactly tell how old it is, but whatever it did left a permanent scar on this kind of dream plane you're in. Like looking at the ones you've seen already, they're not faded at all. How big are these scars? Um, about three feet across. About how far are we, would you say, now that we've moved all the way down? Uh, how far are we from the original boathouse? Um, about boat? halfway. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I want to keep going. <laughs> Might as well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, while you guys are moving forward, first, everyone roll me a investigation check. Oh, boy. Fifteen. Fifteen. Nice. Nineteen. Thirteen. Okay. Um, So between the three of you, you start to make your way down this kind of curved street that leads further into town. Um, If your memory serves right, it's kind of in the direction of like the merchant rounds, which is where all the most of the shops and commerce of the town is. And you keep following these scrapes and scratches. Some of them go further up the building. Some of them go down. They wind across the street. They scrape across the front of houses and shops. You actually see one flower bed that looks meticulously drained of all of its essence. Like it's perfectly cut off. Um, And while you're staring at it, you guys hear echoing kind of in the back of your head. You hear the familiar angry so angry um screaming of tedward yelling oh is that me yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i can i don't know if i can mimic exactly how i did it last session i was i was cracking up laughing at the time but just be scared it's not my fault and as this echoes through the back of your heads alaya out of the corner of your eye you see this vibrant golden light just like a pillar just launch up into the sky like in the darkness you don't even know what it is or where it came from you know it's generally in the direction of where you guys were on the boat and this golden light just soars into the sky and as this happens we're gonna we're gonna cut to tedward as this one creature just leaps for you and it grabs onto you and it's it's weird wispy hands don't go through you you feel its cold claws dig into your arms as it grabs on you and you take that um 14 Mm. gold damage um the second one (gasps) how that's a second natural 20 and now i feel like quantum mechanically because i've been watching you make these die rolls i'm somehow responsible for making them 20s. <laughs> so from now on, I'm not going to look. Um, so you only take, thankfully, four points of gold damage. I rolled two ones um, from the second strike. As this first one hits you, you feel the second one just dig right in the, your rake into your side. Then, while you're standing here... That very nearly undid my prodigious yeah. spontaneous healing. So now I'm going to be double hungry. <laughs> double hungry. You watch as the one spirit closest to you, the one that took a nick into your side, you just hear the whoosh of um, Rose's hammer Mm -hmm. as it flies past you and stops in midair, 
literally right before it was about to hit Haley while he was asleep and zings backwards and tears through the spirit next to you and you feel like ectoplasm just splurt on your side and like you watch it disperse into the air. You still have the one directly in front of you. Right. What would you like to do? I want to punch it. I want to punch its skinny fucking face. All right, give me an attack roll. Okay. Are you raging? Yeah, I, yeah we've yeah, established that. So, yeah, so you get bonus damage now. 14 plus 5 is Absolute, 19. Absolutely. absolutely Tedward hits for a d6. Yep. What's my bonus damage? Um, d6 plus, plus strength? I think at this level... Oh, so yeah, you roll a d6, add your strength, and when you're raging, you get more damage. So three plus three is six. And okay. I don't know what um, rage contributes. I'm checking the rage damage right now. Rage damage. It is two. So right. what'd you roll? So three plus three plus two, so that's eight. Okay, um, what does it look like when you punch the shit out of this ghost that's right in front of you? It has its claws on your shoulders. It's not grappling you or anything. You can just feel the cold digging into your arms. Great. Is this a is this a lethal strike? No. Okay, good. So I can also grapple it. Yes. <laughs> All right. When you grope Tedward, sometimes Tedward gropes back. Okay. So I just grab onto this ghost in an extremely vicious bear hug. Ooh. Okay. Um. Give me a. Give me an athletics check. Okay. So this plus. Luckily, I'm all about athletics. So. That's a 16. 16. I rolled a five. Um, so <laughs> you grab this ghost in a bear hug, and surprisingly, your arms don't go through. And as you flex your arms onto it, you can see where your arms are touching it. There are thin threads of golden light allowing you to make contact with it. Ooh. Not sure where that came from, but it's a thing you can do now, apparently. Tedward's a little too angry for his critical thinking to kick in and notice that that's odd. He just thinks, okay. of course he can crush a ghost with his with his arms. <laughs> this is the natural order that has been upset this entire encounter, reasserting itself mm-hmm. as the beefier of the two creatures inevitably wins out. Okay, um, so this creature in your grasp, it can't move. The only thing it can do is attack. But while you're holding it, you see Rose. Let's see what Rose can do. Maybe she can do something a little more than just throw that hammer around. Made a big old character sheet for Rose. It's got to worth something. Um, she can't do anything that wouldn't also hurt you. That's okay. Um, so you watch Rose. She notices you have this thing grabbed. What's your hit points at? Low, probably. Uh, I'd say I'm at roughly half, actually. Roughly half. So what is that? What half, was your total like, before? Like 38. 38? So okay. I'm at 19 right now. So oh, okay, I mean, so you're you're in a healthy spot. Um, I can take, like, at the rate these things have been gouging me, maybe mm-hmm. two and a half more hits of, like, of, of the higher damage output. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so you see Rose, she, she sees this. Um, mm-hmm. You're looking a little worn. You look furious. Um, and as you're bear hugging this ghost, you see a look of confusion on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, as she sees, you are grappling a fucking ghost. And the book is loving this. The book is flitting around like a paparazzi, getting better angles on the action, writing things down, getting annoyingly close to my face, just flitting in and out of the action. Um, and as she, as she does this, so again, you see this look of confusion on her face and let's see here. Roll me two D six. Okay. So the first one is a three and the second one is a four. Okay. Um, so you feel like those, the little parts of your body that have been kind of left numb from the, the grip of this ghost where its hands are, 
you heal that much hit points. As you watch right behind this ghost and in your space, you see a little golden orb form and you, in a moment you're like, oh no, not another. And then it like uncurls and you see it's a tiny kind of floating armadillo and it looks at you and goes, and as it's little golden spittle hits your face, you can feel the numbness on your arms go away. Whatever this thing is, it's healing you. Tedward is beginning to suspect that all the blows to the head he has sustained, some from animals, some from people, some from the bastard spawn of the two. He's beginning to think that all that neurological damage is getting to him. That's the one, that's the one cogent thought that manages to slip through the fine mesh of rage that blocks the big chunky thoughts like, why am I here? What's the meaning of life from getting through while he's angry? Chunky thoughts. That's going to be the tagline. <laughs> I wonder what happens this week. Tedward, Tedward blocks out his chunky thoughts. <laughs> so wait, well, I forgot what I rolled. <laughs> what was it, like a four and a three? So yeah, like let's, seven? Let, let's go with that. <laughs> okay. All right, so you healed seven hit points. All right. Um, Is it Tedward's turn again? Uh, no, it's the ghost turn that you're grappling. Mm. He rolled a 12. So, miss. Oh, no. Very narrow yeah, miss. Yeah, very narrow miss. So while you're holding on to him, you feel this thing grabbing onto your arms, and it just reaches back for your face, and you're like, uh-uh. It swipes <laughs> right past your ear. What do you want to do? I, with a satisfied growl of, nice try. I'm going to grip this creature by its ghostly cankles and whirl around with it outstretched like a flying club, and I'm going to use it to hit the other ghost. <laughs> okay, roll And me. if I miss, there's always every other solid object that could intercept its trajectory that I'm perfectly willing to smash it into. Okay, roll me um, an attack roll. Okay. And an athletic check. And notably... I am automatically proficient in using ghosts as weapons. Yeah, because of your your barbarian path. Because <laughs> they're impro- improvised weapons. They're very light and airy, which is not that much different than a pillowcase full of goose down, which I have used as a weapon at a sleepover as a child. And that memory seeps to the top of Tedward's muscle memory. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like an evil pillow. I got this. <laughs> Roll me attack. Okay, attack. So... That's a five plus five, so ten. Uh, ten. Um, okay, so you... Do I get any attack roll bonuses from Rage, or is that just... No, damage? it's just damage rolls. Uh, so what you well, want to do... at least it'll be nauseous at the end yeah, of this you turn. Yeah, you won't deal any damage to it, but because you're throwing it, roll me an athletic strike, especially because you have it grappled, which mm. you have advantage on because you're raging now. Mm. Okay, athletics check. So that's another plus five. That's another ten. <laughs> ten, okay. Very consistent. Um... 10, that's like basic threshold. You whip this this ghost by the ankles. You like let go of the bear hug, re- like duck down, grab it by the ankles and just spin. Thankfully in this cramped space, there's nothing for it to hit. It just, well, there, there's everything for it to hit, but it just passes through. You swing as it just passes through the deck of the ship. And we cut to the outside of the boat and you see, you see the comical face of this ghost going, as it swings by. And outside you hear, um, um, exasperated. What the fuck? <laughs> and then you let go, let go of this, this ghost, and it tumbles across the room and passes through this other spirit and vanishes somewhere outside of the ship. But 
what you do notice is this orb is right over Halite and it sinks down into him for a moment and then recedes out and you see this white light appear again. Damn it. Um, Next up in the order is, oh, natural one. Um, You you see um, Rose or you hear Rose standing behind you and she goes, Tedward, we're gonna talk about that later. (laughs) And I wanna know where the hell you got that book. Um, and she throws her hammer forward and you see it careening towards Hele and in her distraction, she, you see her turn her hand and wheel the hammer upwards a little bit and it goes in between the orb and Hele. That's she pretty cool. almost hit him. Um, and then it like returns back to her hand. What do you want to do? There's one ghost still floating over Hele's body. I'm going to make a flying tackle at the ghost because I think it might be eating his happiness. I'm not really <laughs> sure what's going okay. on. And as I fly through the air, I will roar, I got it at a clearance shelf, which I believe is factual. It was like the bargain rack. Um, Give me an attack roll. Okay. Please, not a crit fail. Okay, 13 plus 5, 18. Definitely hits. You reach forward and you... I don't reach. I'm flying. I have both feet are off the ground. I am horizontal. You tackle down and grab onto this ghost by the waist. Like basically, you just aim for the orb and hoped you would hit. And as you grab onto it, you hope. see these you see these I golden will. threads again appearing between your arms and them, allowing you to get purchase. Mm. And you tumble onto the bed, all oh. on top of Hale, <laughs> which you you hear him pushing the blankets and freaking the hell out. And you have this ghost grappled. What do you want to do? I'm gonna just turn into. A supernatural juice press. <laughs> give me um give me an attack roll. Oh well the Wait, first already, one the first already, one was an attack roll. Give I, me damage. Give I me damage. It. So it's a D6? Yeah, D6 plus your strength plus two. Okay. So that's a one plus three plus two, so not fantastic. Six damage. Okay. No, that's not Oh, not oh yeah, no, no it is. Yeah. Your math's a little slow. Today. Holy shit, my math is bad. Okay, you grab you start squeezing the hell out of this ghost, and underneath the blankets you can hear Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Like, pushing the blanket around. And as you squeeze, you hear the ghost go, and as its mouth opens, you can hear, like, this weird whisper start to echo through the room. Ew. The same thing you heard before when you were on the roof. This ghost needs a potato in its mouth. And I rolled a six. Um, it As it's screaming out, it just reaches, it, well, you have it tackled. It's just trying to claw at you, and for some reason, it's not making purchase. Like every time it goes to claw for you, it you like either slightly move out of the way, or the hand just goes to hit you and glances off. Pretty sure it's because if you squeeze a ghost hard enough, the ghost juice kind of leaks out. Um, you have it grappled again. Do you want to just roll me another attack roll? Yes, I do. So I'm pretty sure you're gonna keep making orange juice. Yep. Are they orange? So 16 plus five is 21. Definitely hits. Roll me damage. So three plus three plus one, so that's seven. So that's eight. Eight. Okay. Um, you, squeeze, you squeeze on this ghost, and you you watch. You see its body starting to like contort, in it, and its light is starting to fade. In this last moment, you hear um, you hear Rose behind you go, "Tedward, roll over! I I can't get a good shot." Um, and as this is happening, it's trying to claw for you again desperately, but you're crunching it, and its hands can barely move. It's just like trying to reach for your fingers and it keeps hitting spots where those golden threads are and just not grabbing you're this thing's on death's door what do you want to do 
I want to crunch more. Okay, roll me an attack. There is just a montage of very quick cuts of satisfying crunches from Tedward's past. Teeth flying out as he punches people. His foot cracking through the ice of a puddle as he plays outdoors as a child in the winter. The crunch of good Wheaties in a tavern. Just all these crunches in his mind, all culminating in the ultimate crunch as Tedward crushes a ghost to death. I'm not even going to make you roll because you're grappling a ghost and you're on top so, of it. So four plus three plus two is nine. This thing had one hit point left. The chances <laughs> of it surviving were almost non-existent, um, especially against your insanely strong grapple checks. Um, so what does it look like as this ghost just pops? <laughs> <laughs> just that. It just explodes into a spray of ghostly ectoplasm, and it just kind of... Like, imagine just putting a firecracker in a thing of glowing paint, and it's everywhere. Just ectoplasm all over the inside of the ship, and you hear Rose go, oh, <laughs> Are there any left? I'm going to have to clean this place up, Tedward. Um, roll me a perception check to answer your question. Perception. Okay, again, my weakness. Yep, your athletics. Oh, oh, 14. 14. Minus, one um, is, minus one, so 13. You don't see any more spirits inside the room. And to your math, you most of them are gone. Um, there was the one that you threw outside the ship. And you quickly look over your shoulder. And right by Haley, there's a little window in the back of the boat that's just right at the surface of the water. The water's lapping up against it eventually. And rocketing across the surface of the water, you can see this sprite. And it's moving quick, but it's like moving haphazardly like in a way that doesn't look like it did before. Um, hmm. Roll me insight. Insight. Oh, boy. It's brain flatics. That's wisdom, right? Yep. Jesus, that's like a minus two. It's brain flatics. Oh, uh, one. You one. have. You can't really tell anything about it, but you're kind of pissed off that one got away. Yeah. Let's just call it your rage blinders. You're so angry. You just see one piece of prey escaping, and you watch the orb lift up off the water and, like, impact with the side of the docks and just jet off into town. It's going into town, yes. Hmm. Tedward is just going to let out a bestial howl of rage and run above decks to pursue it. Hey there, adventurers, and welcome to the mid-roll. Our Hello My Name Is promotion is still running, as always. In this session, we did use the name Gravesford, provided by at Goggles on Twitter. Thanks for that really awesome name for our watch commander for Whispering Lake. If you want to name an NPC or learn more about the show, check us out at www.toapodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon. There are no cross-promotions this week, but if you have your own tabletop podcast, feel free to reach out on Twitter or send us an email and we'll work out something. I love to promote other shows and I love to discover you know, as much podcast content as I can. We release episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on January 3rd. Stay tuned. I hear they finally roll well and get a lead on the monster that's causing all this trouble. All right, let's get back to the show. So the three of you stand in front of this flower bed, and looking down, um, you can see that whatever essence made it in made it up in this place has been kind of... It's just gone. Very similar to how the claws have been tearing up everything. What would y'all like to do? 
at this point, you don't see any of the other like claw marks or tears in the, in the street or the buildings. You're just kind of stuck at this flower bed. Alay was the only one to see the giant uh, golden uh, UFO spike from the boat. I mean, right. out of the corner of her eye, but once one of you noticed it, I mean, the DC for that was fairly low. I just started with Alea because her role was okay. Y'all see it. Ah, uh, that, uh, um, is that towards the boat? Yeah. Should we go back? Maybe. Um. Uh, I'm going to start running. As you start to run, roll me a wisdom save. No. Everybody? Just Every Alea. Oh, cool. Ten. I lost my die. Ooh. Okay. You Ooh. succeeded the check. Oh only god. Only by <laughs> the skin of your teeth. Oh god. What is a bad Alea? A bad ugh, a bad Alea. A bad memory Alea has. One that's especially important. Um Probably when her older brother went missing for the first time. Because you know how he's like an adventurer who just like goes mm -hmm. off and then just doesn't say anything. So that was probably like a really stressful time. Um, what kind of adventure was he on? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I, he probably honestly just wandered off. He like took a backpack, wandered off, and then was gone for like a month. And like, is didn't there anything about that memory that particularly like stresses Alea out? Um, just how her family reacted when he didn't come home after like a week. What was the reaction? Um, cut morning ish. Okay. Like, and stress, and everyone was upset, and like, um, especially seeing her like parents go through the thought of losing a child. Mm -hmm. So. Just... So is that the only time this has happened? Like that uh, intensely? That intensely, yes. How does she feel right now about hearing Tedward yell and seeing that light in the distance? Um, probably mostly just confused and like urgently needing to get there. Is it a little bit of the same kind of fear? Yeah, fear of the unknown. Yeah. Okay. As you're running, you're thinking of that memory. It's kind of running in your head. Oh, Tedward is in trouble. And then your mind wanders for a second to that memory. And from the edges of your vision, that memory, the, the, the thought of your you know, mom and dad kind of nervously asking around town, passing out flyers, you know, writing letters, just slowly starts to fade until you're left with just a blank thought and a feeling of uncertainty. But you do feel like something was just taken from you. Mm. I'll probably stumble in my footsteps a little bit. Okay. Because it's kind of like the same. Would you describe it as the same feeling as when you like walk into a room, like with purpose, and then you're like, "Why am I here?" Yeah, um, that's a beautiful way to put it. Because I didn't intend for you to land here, but it works out very nicely. Ha ha. Um, it's really kind of poetic that you pick that memory in this moment. Um, but yeah, that that memory just totally gone you're kind of standing there dazed for a moment um, um what would y'all like to do Haley's still running so he's gonna you know as he passes her grab her arm and get her to run too okay um and you're kind of do you go with it or yep. 
Okay. In this kind of confused stupor, Haley grabs onto your arm and tugs. And the three of you sprint down the road back towards the boat. And as this happens, um, our view, the viewers, the players, pans up. As you're sprinting away, you notice the building next door. There's a single sign affixed to the above the door, kind of just swaying gently, totally devoid of this spectral light. And it's called Havard's Hardware. We're going to cut to Tedward. The battle has just ended. The last spirit that you had quickly thrown through the hull of the ship is darting and weaving its way across the lake. You still in your raging blinded fury had said you just wanted to keep chasing it. Mm-hmm. I thought you said um, it was going through the streets of town. Um, yeah, so it it weaves across the water, goes up onto the docks, and you watch it start to make its way towards a side street and head into town. Mm. And you sprinting behind it. What do you want to do to try and catch up to it? Huh. Well, it doesn't interact with objects because it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can do anything to slow it down and or distract it because it's already decided to run away. Tedward's just going to run faster. Okay, roll me an athletic check with advantage because you're still raging. And the one thing I'm actually good at. Um, let me really quick get to a, a die roller. I actually forgot to bring that up. That's type, 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 type. Okay, well, I want to, even though I had advantage, I want to keep the first one because it's funny. I crit failed. <laughs> no. All right. Sorry. So, face plant. Yeah, you you quickly face plant or as you're running. Right. And slide we, through the gravel on yeah, my Yeah, you slide through the gravel and look up and your feet curling behind your body. You see the spirit <laughs> has just stopped at a side street or a um, like an entryway that leads further into town. And it's kind of hovering there for a second, flitting about almost like it did when it was on the dock of the ship with you. And you in this furious, angry fervor, just put your hands in the gravel, tear it up and start sprinting after it. It's about on all fours. Yeah. On all fours. Um, it's about 40 feet away from you now. Um, okay. And you close the distance. It's maybe about 20, or your your speed's 30. It's probably about 10 feet from you before it starts moving. And it just quickly darts further down the street into town. And you're sprinting behind, shouldering past people. A guy with a cart crosses the path. He's taking what looks to be some crates, like bags of flour to a shop. Um, Roman Athletics check. Or acrobatics, okay. your pick. Uh, definitely athletics. I'm not dexterous. Okay. So that's a 16 plus my... my uh, Proficiency is 18. Okay, so more than go. enough. Um, you leap in the air and just kind of tear through this guy's card as he's passing your path. And you come out My the cabbages. other side covered in flour. Okay. Um, and this spirit is further down the road. You're keeping an equal distance with it. And you watch it kind of weave from street to street as you follow. And it quickly turns a corner. Um, can you roll me a history check? A history check? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Or survival. Or survival. You can do survival. Well, I want the history one because, again, low rolls are funny. So that's four. Four. Okay. You have no idea where you're going. Maybe it's just the rage blinders, but you're still chasing the spirit. Um, And you watch it dart down a side alleyway, and it, like, clips through a building as you chase it. Um, Do you want to keep pursuing? 
Of course. Okay. Um, you turn and see down this alleyway. Um, at the very edge, this orb has emerged from the building and is making its way further into town. Just outside of the alleyway, you can see shops and um, food carts, like clothing stands. Just, it looks like maybe you're heading to the market. Um, but you sprint down the alleyway to keep up with it. Um, roll me a perception check. Do, 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 seven. Seven. Um, you do a quick look around and you don't see this ghost, this kind of glowing gold orb that you were pursuing. Um, you're not sure where it went. And you do see something though that's not great. Um, kind of walking down the street, you see um, a familiar guard in this kind of white, actually, no, you never met them because you were unconscious. Um, you see a guard. Their armor is kind of painted white and black in stripes, and they look more decorated than the people you dealt with when the building was on fire. And they lock eyes with you, and they go, Tedward? Tedward Edwardor. They're about 10 feet How away. How do they know who I am? Who is this guy? Do you want to say that? I mean, not in that voice, not in my little time. Okay. Hi, how are you? <laughs> who is this guy who knows me? Like what? No, uh, no, but just as a player, is there something I should remember about these guys or should I be as baffled as I am? You never met them, but they know you. So that's going to snap me out of my rage because I'm just confused. So mm -hmm. mouthful of gravel, face all fucked up because I fell and slid a couple yards um, on my bread and butter. And on all fours, and suddenly I'm just like, ah. And I'm, I'm very disoriented. Um, I got the, the rage hiccups now as it subsides. So I'm going to stand up and start brushing myself off. Do, um, I, do I know you? Um, as you say this, you're brushing yourself off. These two guards kind of quickly jog over to you. Um, and the one who's much more decorated than the other one with him. You are Tedward Edwardor, yes? Yeah. All right, I need to talk to you. We're Orion. talking now, pal. Okay, all right. Just don't run away again. Orion Thistledown sent us into town to find you to get a statement on that thing you fought in the building. You're not in trouble. Don't run. Ryan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ryan. Oh, Is Ryan. He is he Orion? Oh, 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 O'Reilly. What fun. are you singing? What um, is this? <laughs> is he related to Eardon Thistledown? Yes. Is, is yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Puzzle complete. Goes all the way to the top. And I'm going to sprint away. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, roll me an athletic check. <laughs> oh, okay. This is a good one. 19. Oof. You just shoulder past him and you feel a gauntleted hand grab onto your shoulder and go, no, wait, come on. We just need a statement. As you shoulder past them and just start sprinting down the street. Um, roll me a perception check. Holy shit. 16. More than enough. 
Um, I rolled very low for the spirit. Um, you just blindly sprint down the street and you see a shop. Um, looks like it's some kind of hardware shop or something like that. Um, the sign hanging above the, the door is like a pair of hang uh, hammer and like tongs. And they have like a bunch of little screws put into it. And it says Havard's Hardware. And you sprint up to the shop and in the reflection of a window, as you run by, you see the glimmer, the faintest golden glimmer of the spirit as it zips down another alleyway and goes deeper into the merchant district. What do you do? I'm chasing that ghost, man. Okay. Tedward, you see this spirit weaving out into the thoroughfare. People don't even seem to notice it. Um, you see it almost pass through a guy entirely. Um, as he's just walking down the road with like a briefcase, he's wearing like a finely tailored suit and mm. you stop. It's probably about 40 feet from you. It's keeping mm -hmm. just enough distance for you to not catch it. Mm. What do you do? Hmm. It's just keeping distance ahead of me. It's like just far enough ahead of you that you haven't been able to catch up to it yet. It's Does faster it look than you, but it's, it seems like it's looking for something, but it's not sure. Oh, okay. Same kind of say thing before. This uncertainty is slowing it down. All right. Does Ted can Tedward tell that, or does Tedward just think this is just chase time? Because um, roll me an insight check. We'll Tedward is a child, so he won't know if he's Please making fetch. any ground. Uh, that's a two. A two. Um, no. You maybe you think you're catching up to it. I'm gonna keep chasing it. If Tedward doesn't know that he's not making significant ground, he's gonna chase until he like starts to get exhausted. Okay, roll me an athletics check. Or stubs his toe. Da 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 da. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Um, you see the spirit um, kind of hovering in the middle of a thoroughfare. There's like carts and wagons passing by. You see a courier dart past with like a mailbag. Um, and the spirit is just kind of sitting in the middle. And you actually catch up to it. Um, you dart out of this alleyway and sprint towards it. And it's right in front of you. What do you do? Just flying tackle is the the time honored okay. method for. I feel like Tedward's only analog for this situation would be chasing down like a, a runaway pig in the mud, because this ghost has been very evasive and slippery. And when you finally catch up to the pig, there's no reasoning with it. I mean, <laughs> pigs aren't you know. So you just got to tackle that pig. Um, roll me an athletics check. Boom. Oh, okay. Eight. Not great. Okay. I rolled a natural one. <laughs> nice. Um, get so, wrecked, ghost. Uh, yeah. Yeah, get wrecked, ghost. You sprint across the street and leap in the air. How does, What does it look like when you tackle this ghost to the fucking ground? Coming at this from the point of view of someone who's wrestled a lot of pigs to the ground, he's going to come at it and make his arms into a kind of loop and grab it like he's grabbing a pig around its little pot belly. Okay, you. But he's gonna throw in a little improvisational flourish that it normally is not recommended for use on pigs, and that is a suplex. <laughs> okay, um, that's what this photo is getting a caption of. Tedward suplexes a ghost. Um, you leap across into the air and kind of wrap your arms around this ghost, and again on your arms, almost fortified by the book, you see these lines of spectral golden light. And every contact point where you're touching this ghost, almost as if it's giving you a buffer. Yeah. Oh, that's from the book. Okay, he, I wasn't sure. Tedward hasn't realized this. 
but yeah i mean i didn't i didn't realize that i thought it was because i got angry no um so as you grab one of this ghost you'd suplex it um roll me a d6 just because <laughs> there's okay. a suplex involved does anything get added here or is it just a d6 uh, a plus your strength okay so that's uh that's six then um so you deal six damage to this spirit which was pretty heavily wounded um when you were fighting it on the boat you suplex it down and as you you feel its kind of spectral body impact with the cement beneath you you feel its form start to like dissipate and shatter and at your feet you can see a faint outline of what looks to be the upper half of this ghost and you quickly grab it and pin it to the ground to maintain your grapple and as this happens you see the guard <laughs> that was chasing you in pursuit and as you now realize has been following the book which has been flapping in your wake throughout town um the book skids to a halt at your feet and you see that this guard and his protege stop and the guard looks in confusion and goes i what and then we cut back to the three of you sprinting through the dream realm um with a hurried pace, your goal is to get back to the boat, right? Yep. Okay. The three of you sprint through this dream space and following the same path you did that led you to this weird flower bed, you make your way all the way back to the boat and you stand now on the edge of the docks right at the entrance of the boat. Is there anything you want to do in particular? Uh, search for the light. Yeah. yeah, investigate for for remnants of the light or the or light any, itself. Or okay. anything that's off or different from when we were just here. Roll me perception checks. Actually, investigation. Everybody? Mike, is that for everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah for everybody. Sorry. You said inv inv uh, investigation? Yep. Natural 20. <laughs> 22. Four. Oh, my God. It's a two. Okay. I'm pulling out the magnifying glass and everything. You Very pull out the magnifying glass and look over everything. And you notice, first thing, is that there are a bunch of spots in this boat. Um, you put this um, magnifying glass up to your face and start to look over the boat. And then you realize it's like not really helping. And you pull it away. And as you do, and everything kind of clarifies in your vision, you notice that there are a handful of holes in the boat. Almost humanoid shapes in the hull of the wood where it looks like the essence that made up this kind of spectral boat has been drained away. And just on your side of the boat, you count four of them. What do you do? Uh, get clo closer to it? Okay. You walk up closer to the boat. You can see that there are, it looks like silhouettes that someone just erased the essence of the boat in these places. And it looks like it's just finely carved out like a wood section do you touch it or anything or yeah oh yeah, i would touch it okay you touch it and again similar to the the wood down at the dock where the body was missing you just feel this nothingness the surface feels exactly like wood there's no emotional kickback can you roll me an inside check uh c oh an eight eight um Nothing. You yeah. know nothing. You don't, you don't necessarily get any kind of secondary intuition from this. I'm going to call uh, Hele and uh, Thurbash over. 
just the spiritual fire is missing from this wood, right? The wood is there. It's just there's an outline of like a hole where the fire isn't there anymore. Yep. I'm going to take my sword and I'm going to thrust the blade into a spot next to the empty spot where there is no spiritual flame. So like I'm aiming for a spot that's near that hole, but a spot that still has flame on it. Okay. You thrust the blade up into this kind of spectral fire and the blade pierces through. It almost feels like you're stabbing through a pillow. And then maybe on instinct, you just take the blade and swing like you're moving it through a creature. And as it hits this spot where the spectral kind of flames are missing, first thing is you get an emotional resonance that kind of pushes back onto you. Um, You feel comfort happiness, security, all pouring from the surface of this boat. And then your sword thunks hard into this solid surface of wood. It doesn't go through it like it did the rest of the boat. What? <laughs> That's really weird. Um, so this, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> this is well beyond me. So beyond me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remove the blade. Okay. I'm gonna, Alea, Alea, Hele, making sure that they're uh. watching me. I'm gonna knock on the spot where there is no low no flame, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it's solid, and just knock on it. Yeah, you guys hear a solid as he does this. It's really, really solid. It's hard. <laughs> I don't understand. And then I'm going to point to the spiritual fire thing. This is not hard. Does that make sense? <laughs> no. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, what happened that made it like this? Like, we were just here. I want to walk inside the boat. <laughs> okay. You, you make your way up onto the edge of the boat and walk down the stairs. First thing you notice is that on the floor of the boat, sitting in between Alea and Thurbash, there's this pool of this kind of spectral kind of writhing energy. And it's shifting hues from yellow to orange to purple. You're not sure what. It's probably about three feet across, but it's in between both of you. Um, and you look down at the ground and unlike before where you guys were just kind of in the empty deck of this ship or the hull of this ship, you see the three of you fast asleep on these kind of makeshift pillows. Hala, you see yourself wrapped up in the covers of the bed and who has the highest passive perception here? Um, I think that's Alaya. I have 15. Alaya, you look down at your body and then Thurbash follows suit. You notice that on each of, on each of your sleeping bodies, there are these kind of there's like a light energy that makes them up, but it's very, 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 very faint. Um, not nearly as like physical and solid as everything else. But you notice among each of you, there's a piece missing, similar to the boat. How do you? Oh no! How do you? Okay, this is out of character question. How do you? <laughs> Come up with a solution when you don't even know that you lost something. Like, like you see your body is missing one of the light, but then like you your know brain, as so a character. You did have a feeling earlier that something was taken from you. 
what that was, you don't know, but you feel like you lost something. And the moment you look at that piece of you missing, you connect that dot. Okay. Whatever <laughs> did this to the boat, whatever did this to the town, just took something from you while Ted was protecting you. Oh, no, I don't like that. And you don't, for the life of you, you don't remember what it is. And that's kind of terrifying. This, this is very bad. This is very, very bad. Have you all have you all felt like something was off or something you can't think of something that you were thinking about or see I don't even know how to word this. I I can't remember. Haley's just confused. I'm gonna look towards Haley's lights. Does Haley have all of his lights? Haley, could you roll me a wisdom hmm. save? <laughs> oh no! All right. Uh, 17. 17. Okay, what is an unpleasant memory Haley has? It would probably be the first day he was supposed to guard the library. Um, what was particularly he, bad about it? Well, he immediately felt that he needed to guard it from the inside and then proceeded to rearrange the library's uh, uh, alphabetic order into what he perceived as a better order oh, and no. was looked down upon heavily and punished heavily for such a thing. And it was at that moment where he could see the tribe starting to see him differently and think differently of him from what he could or possibly should have been. Um, how does Haley feel about this particular memory? Good? Bad? Confused because he points to this moment being when uh, it's his most shameful moment, but at the same time, he thinks that's what allows him to come out into the world and leave the island. Oof. Okay. Um, so... Oh, no. No, no, it's just, I'm curious what implications this would have. As you're thinking of this memory, that kind of shame, like all the negative stuff about it, you just feel it pulled away. And it kind of fades to this white... There's pieces of it you still keep a little, like the sense of like kind of accomplishment you got from it, but all the negative is just gone. And then it dawns on you, right, as they're saying, I don't, I feel like something was taken from me and I don't remember what, and then you realize it just happened to you. Do I see the light go away? And Thurbash, as you're, yeah, as you're both looking down at Haley's body, kind of tussled in the bed, you weren't laying exactly as you were. When you left, the blankets are kind of messed up and fussed around and you're laying differently. But you notice right on your chest, there's another, there's a circle just missing from your chest, a circle of this kind of light. So I don't see it leave. I just see it's gone. Yeah. You see it's gone. Okay. <laughs> okay. So something is uh, nibbling away at our spiritual fire magic thing essence. We we need to leave. We need to go. Would uh, DM? Would yeah. I have read anything about this in one of the stories? Anything similar to this? Um, hmm. roll me a history check. I think. All right. I'm assuming that's intelligence. Yeah. I uh, probably not four. <laughs> four. Um, nothing specifically crosses your mind. I mean, you've read a lot of stories. Um. Magic being taken, uh, magic being taken from people. There's magic that can take away memories, um, but nothing specific comes to mind. Hmm. 
Um, like a bucket of cold water has fallen upon um, Alea, she realizes, and she says out loud, uh, do we know how to get out of here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, and we'll start nervously patting down his fur and go, I don't know. Touch our body? I, I, mm. Dude, do we just have to wake up in the real world? What if we don't wake up? What if we think really hard about waking up? Then we'll wake up, right? That's how that works. I was going to say, Haley would walk over and just kind of touch the hole in his chest. Okay. You touch it and you feel nothing. Um, you feel kind of the... You feel no emotional feedback is probably a better way to put it. But you feel like the cloth of your shirt. Um, can you roll me a charisma save? All right. Five. Okay. Um, as this happens, you feel like a kind of a connection start to form between you and your body lying here. And then that fades almost immediately and you kind of recoil a little. What do you guys do? Panic. <laughs> Tonight, our tale concludes on the material plane with a close-up of a single photograph where four adventurers and their wizened mentors stood triumphantly the day after their first hunt. The day that changed the rest of their lives. On the material plane, Rose Lieblin sits on the damp wooden floors of her missing friend's home, nearly 15 years after this photo was taken with her friends and new fledgling allies. Nervously, she runs her fingertips over the photograph, then turns a worried glance toward our sleeping adventuring party. Through her mind, worry, fear, and the tiniest glimmer of hope envelop her consciousness, so much that it bleeds into the realm of dream, where her fledgling adventurers are now in a panic. At their feet, a pool of yellow and purple light begins to form on the spectral floors of the boat, reaching out to her friends through the gap between worlds. Come on, please be all right. Gods, why did I send them in there alone? Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking around, and I hope you enjoyed the episode, as always. Our song and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscapes, respectively, which you can find in our episode description. They're also on Bandcamp. Spread the word, and maybe leave us a rating or review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps our production grow, and we absolutely love all the support you've shown us. Oh, and don't forget... Have a wonderful week, and I hope your new year is fabulous for those of you that celebrate. Our next episode should arrive on January 3rd. See you next decade.